0: Hello and welcome to Smart Businesses Do This. Today, I am joined by some incredible people where we're going to be talking about how to find the right staff and grow the staff and build the right team to grow your business. Um, I'm joined by three incredible people today, if you wouldn't mind taking a minute and explaining who you are and uh, and what you do, and then yeah. we'll get going. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, Travis Ayla, I am the founder of Elevated Formula. We're a management company. We do consulting. We outsource for companies looking to train, develop, and automize their systems on their teams.
2: <laughs> My name is Eli Bowman. I own an assembly company. Uh, we. We assemble bicycles, grills, and patio furniture for uh, almost 40 Walmart stores across Ohio and West Virginia. Uh, We also own a, we also have a division in our company that does shopping cart repair.
3: Hey, my name is Chris Gray. I'm a husband, father, and I'm the co-owner of Red Palm Studios. We do marketing for home service contractors.
0: So one of the cool things about all three of these people is their businesses wouldn't really work if they didn't have staff. Like, I mean, I'm assuming you're not assembling patio furniture all across, uh, you know, 40 different locations. Mm. Uh, Maybe you are, who knows? Uh, But I'm guessing not, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. And it's all about making sure you have the right teams and the right staff. So um, as always, this episode is sponsored by workingvacation.com, where you can learn how to get more done in less time while on vacation, and you can even bring your family. If there is a project that you've wanted to get done, you've been putting it off, or if you want to grow, and if you haven't had the time to do it, you definitely want to check out workingvacation.com. So when it comes to finding a team, building a team, how do you start? Like, you know, a lot of the people that are listening to this may be entrepreneurs with one employee. It's like their first employee or maybe their second one. What what should people be doing when they're building a team?
1: So you really got to figure out which pieces are missing, right? So a lot of what we will do is we'll go in and audit a current team or a business and figure out what are the blind spots? What are the things missing? Uh, I, I equate that to, uh, I'm a very visual person, so we've we've all seen Fourth of July fireworks. Everybody take anybody ever seen a bottle rocket without the stick? You just throw it down and it zigzags all over the place and then eventually pops. Right? It's it's not the best utilization of that product. Whereas if you can take that sti- stick and put it in the bottle rocket, aim it appropriately, it shoots through the roof. Right? So a lot of entrepreneurs are. They start off that way and they never get the structure and they never get the stick. So we come in and we find that that those blind spots and help them figure out how to leverage themselves to build a team, implement systems and layer it very modularly so they can take themselves out of being self-employed and actually work on the business instead of in it. So number one, usually what we find is they're in their own way. Whether it's their expectations of everybody has to do what they do, or um, that they're, they're not inspecting what they expect, whatever it is, they're they're in a control themselves on the business instead of implementing controls for their business, right? So that's usually the the biggest things that we find right off the bat. Love
0: that. That's really cool.
1: How about you? <clears throat>
2: I think if you if you look at a lot of really successful companies, many of them started as solopreneurs, people that it was just them, maybe another person. But by and large, they're doing they're wearing all the hats. They're doing all of the things in their business. This includes like um, things that you could outsource or hire someone to do on an hourly basis. So if you're the founder of your company, um, Your time. I mean, you're the only one that's really painting vision. You're the only one that's trying to extrapolate out and and reverse engineer an end result of some kind, success, however you define that. And you you really want to make sure those those um, day to day tasks that can be outsourced or hired in that that they get hired in. Or that they do get outsourced. And then what that does is it frees up your time. So if I were talking to a a room full of solopreneurs, the first thing I would say is figure out what you can hire out for and do that as soon as possible to free up your time to be able to give the creative attention to your business. Um, And it's from that creative attention that more and more growth can happen. Because if you're just busy doing all of the work, you, you're not growing conceptually. You're not growing creatively. You're not adding different elements to your company, which which in turn keeps you ra- relatively small.
3: So that's yeah. what I would say. That would be the first I thing I would that. sell as a solopreneur. Very cool. Um, guys, I'll be very clear. Like I've done this before, but I don't know shit. I'm still figuring it out and Um, the thing that's been helpful for me, and I'm speaking from my experience, not giving you advice. This is from my experience. The thing that's been the most helpful for me is being very clear and specific about the role that I want. So starting off, it's like five or six different roles that need to get filled. I'm like, shit, what do I do? There's a bunch of roles. I can't hire all these people. I can't afford all this. So then I'm like, okay, of these five or six roles, what's the one role that if I hire for will make everything else easier or irrelevant, right? So I figure out that role. Then I hire for it. And then once I've hired for that role, I found out that the person that you hire for the role has other talents. So then I I grow them in to those other roles, right? And then once we're set there, I do the same exact thing. So that's been the process that's worked best for me. I I love it. Yeah,
0: I think for me, one of the biggest things is recognizing that as a business owner, your role is not actually to order, tell somebody what to do, um, give out tasks, or make people do their work. I know that sounds weird. That's a manager's job. That's a CEO's job. That's a COO's job. As the owner of the company, you're not actually supposed to do any of that. As the owner of the company, your job is to have a big picture vision and you're a coach. You're the coach of the team. You are there to make sure that they can be the best version of themselves And like any coach or any teacher, you're going to have to remind them. They're going to fail. You're going to have to pick them back up again. Imagine if we viewed our employees as students in a school. And the minute they pumped in three grades that were an F, you're like, you're out. Done. You failed. It's over. That's not your role. That can be the manager's role. The manager can say, you turned up late this many times, you had this many warnings. But your role as the owner of the company is actually to make sure that the employee's don't end up in that situation. It's your job to sit down with them and and inspire them and motivate them and coach them. Hey, this book's really good. This might help you. Hey, um, let me just explain to you what I did in that situation. And the way to do that is to separate yourself from hiring, firing, task management, any of these things, which means to me, the first hire is always the operations person that can be that task manager so you can completely separate yourself from this i'm ridiculously good at firing people and i fire people a lot in other people's companies i get hired to fire people i have a client that flies me to chicago once a month to fire people that's like why i go there it's great i do other stuff as well but i mostly fire people and um and he loves it he's like you know what this guy really pissed me i'll fire him and i fly out there i'm like hey um, let's talk about your career so um but I don't fire people in my own company at all. And it's crazy because my employees are often like, well, I wanna hear from Adam, I want Adam to talk to me. It's like, I'm sorry, that's not my role in my own company. There is somebody else that fires, it isn't me, because my job is to inspire, not fire. My job is to train and grow and help you get where you wanna go. And at the point when you decide as an employee that you don't want the training, the growth, the development or the improvement, my energy for you becomes zero. I just have no time for you at all. That time is going to go into every other employee, every client, every business contact. It's going to go anywhere else except you because you've decided you no longer care about my advice or my, or my effort. And other people pay me $5,000 an hour for that same thing that as an employee you get for free. And so now you're now going to talk to the rest of the team and they're going to handle whatever needs to be handled. And that's the key component. And uh, so for me, I, I think that's kind of like how I always start it. So back to you guys, the very first hire that you made ever, how was that?
1: How did it go and what happened? Uh, I had to replace him like eight times <laughs> <laughs> just because I, my very first hire ever, I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. right. I was looking for me. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs really mess up. They're looking for themselves instead of dropping. I eventually had to figure out, drop my expectations down about 60% and the timeline out from three days to 30 days on, on different measurables and that really focus on, it's a team of people instead of trying to duplicate yourself because it's just not possible, at least not, in the beginning, over time, you can coach, you can grow people to be, uh, stepping in your footsteps, but that's going to take time. Otherwise they wouldn't be working for you. Right. So that, that eventually, once I realized that I was able to step into it pretty fast because it equates to things that are very successful, like the military building modularly, right. Instead of figure, figure out what your business needs that anybody can do? Anybody walking off the street? What are the basics that anybody can do? Teach everybody in those basics and then start overlaying the different nuances and specialties that people have passions in and find ways to coach them individually on those so that you can start building a team. I I love that. And I think what what you said is so super
0: important about this, because I I think there are people out there that are like, I'm going to duplicate myself or I'm going to have another version of me. And the minute you do that, You're creating a competitor. That person is going to learn everything from you. And then just like you, they're going to go and do their own thing. Learning that the best employee isn't a version of you. It's somebody who really loves the one task that you want them to do and to recognize they don't want to do any other task. They love this thing. And that's all they really, really want to do in life.
1: Yeah. So... to tie into what you're saying, it's kind of like a, you know, a former cop, SWAT, everybody's seen the police movie, seeing a SWAT stack and a group of people going in to make a, <clears throat> pardon, uh, do a barricade, something of that nature, execute a search warrant. In that stack, you may have five to eight police officers. They all came in, went through an academy, they're all cops at the end of the day. But that stack, you may have the point who has the shield, the cover that has the rifle, the less lethal behind that, and the hands, so on and so forth. Everybody has an individual task. They all love being cops, they all were trained the same way and then they found a passion or something that they're great on that each team member relies on them for. So then you develop those different talents. But at the end of the day, you can't put that stack together without the other individuals. And if one person leaves, you have the base ready to implement and train somebody else for those those specialties, right? So it's very system-dependent versus people-dependent. And too many times, entrepreneurs find themselves in a very person-dependent system because they're trying to duplicate themselves. Instead of looking at the system, what's the base model, and then what's everybody's passions that I need to coach and train them on based off the core values, based off of all those different um, controls that you implement into the business to allow it to scale and grow. Love that. I mean, Eli, so first hire, how did it go? What happened? Before I answer that though, I, I
2: want to point something out about Adam and his shoes. Now, Aliens is one of my favorite movie. Thank you. And the fact that you're wearing the Ripley Reeboks, I think is pretty awesome. And it, it, <laughs> It makes sense because like everything you do, you do all the way. You know, you own a gaming company and uh, among many other companies. Um, and the fact that you're going all in on the shoes, it's just, it's very Adam to do that. And, uh, and that's how you are with business too. So you, you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk literally in those. Um, okay. The question, my first hire, uh, so it was an operations manager and, and I, I quickly identified that that was, that had to be the first tire. I'm not the wrench turning guy. I'm just not good at it. And I, I always tell my, I tell my guys that they don't want me working next to them because I'm not good. They're going to point out every mistake. And, and, and so I, I recognize that, that, that limitation that I have. And so I knew a good operations manager was everything I needed on the field side to support a, a, a burgeoning team of, of assemblers and uh, uh, cart repair technicians. And I really lucked out because I, I knew I needed someone that was like a dog, like that was just was hungry to grow the company with me. And I compensated him handsomely because without this person, my operations would really struggle. Um, And so I'm I'm working on documenting all this processes so that if he does leave, I'm not up a creek. Um, But that was the first hire and it was the most important thing. So after I hired him, I was just stuck sort of doing like the administrative things. My second hire was someone to help with the administrative things, which freed up a lot of my time. And now I'm just kind of coaching and inspiring, going to a whiteboard every day, spending time every morning on, you know, What is the term? On or in? I think on my business rather than in my business because those guys don't want me working in the business. I can tell you that.
0: I I love this. And I do, first of all, thank you on the shoes. Uh, These are amazing um, and super comfortable as well in case anyone's curious. Uh, The the thing that I love that you said um, about, you know, the employees is so you replace this one task you didn't want to do. And then the task you were doing, you replace that as well. And if we hadn't had the discussion about being a coach, it's like, well, what the hell do you do? I think one of the the biggest critiques I got online was I made a video where I said, you know, I I put these two deals together and I take equity. And then they're like, what the hell did you do? What are you doing? Right? And I think the average person doesn't understand the ownership of a company isn't the money. It's the ownership of the company. It's the equity. That money is only worth something when the business is sold. Maybe there's dividends. Maybe if there's profit. But if you own 10% of a company, you get 10% of the profit, which means everyone else has paid out first. Everyone's received every penny that they want and they're happy with. And it's the amount that's left that you're given. And the owner, the founder is given that because it was their idea. They put it together. They worked with no promise of money coming in. They put the effort in. Or sometimes they paid money into the company for nothing in return for the promise or hope that in the future there will be dividends or there will be a sale, right? And that's the other way. To put this in perspective, if you ever want to understand this, about why as a business owner, you aren't necessarily expected to work. You're not. You are if you are the CEO and owner. You're expected to do the CEO role. But if you're just the owner, as long as you are paying your staff what they're supposed to be paid and looking after everyone, doing everything you're supposed to be doing, it's okay for your role to just be thinking of big picture things and moving ahead because no one else in the company is going to make those really big moves. No one else is going to make those kind of decisions. To put it simply, I own a lot of shares of Facebook or Meta, but I do not have Mark Zuckerberg phoning me up being like, why aren't you in work today? It's just never happened. Because I would never be expected to because I am just an owner of Meta. One of many because it's in public, uh, you know, public control now. Ultimately, as a business owner, you have to remove the guilt that you feel that because I own equity, I have to work. Your job is to, for the equity you own, build a machine that can run the business without you. Nintendo. It's been around for like a hundred years. The original founder of Nintendo is not the guy that is running it today. Maybe he is, he's Japan, who knows? Maybe, but you know, half robotic maybe, who knows? But the point is, it's the power that comes from that big vision and building the system and it's the system that carries it. And so I love this, Eli is without any apology or, or fear, he's making it really clear, I built a machine my machine does what my machine does, and now I'm guiding the machine and coaching it. So, it's real awesome.
3: I wasn't as smart as Eli by any uh-huh. means. It, it did not go well for me, and um, <laughs> the problem was me. Um, I didn't. There was two problems. One, I didn't set proper expectations. Um, I'm big on principles, specifically ones that are transferable. Um, so, if I don't tell my wife how to meet my needs actively, then how the hell she's going to meet my needs? She's not. Right. And that's, that door swings both ways. Same thing with the employee. I give them broad stuff that I need, but not specifics. How are they going to meet my needs? So that was one problem. Second problem was um, crossing boundaries, trying to be too cool, trying to be the homeboy, whatever it is. Um, and I cared for the I care for the employee. And I'm thinking, oh, I'll just be cool and blah, blah, blah. But that shit don't work. Uh, it don't work at all. And so what's cool is being able to pay your bills and how you pay your bills, is getting the job done. So this is how we get the job done. And so I learned from those those two mistakes and also took those principles and put them in other areas of my life. And things have been better. But at first, it did not go well. (laughs) I I, I love the honesty, the raw honesty. So what would you say was
0: the time, uh, each of you in turn, that you made a good hire and you were like, this was good. I I know I did this one right. And uh, how did you find them and what did that look like?
1: Uh, That was finding a CFO. Uh, that was definitely huge for me in, in realizing at a certain point in the business, you you need to remove yourself and build out your C-suite and build out your team from a hierarchy standpoint to inspect what you expect. And that took the business shotgun forward It because what I've never been good at is I'll go to my team and say, I'll grab one person because I'm always running. And I'm like, hey, this is what we need to do. And then I assume that they're communicating it to everybody that this is the new standard that doesn't work that way. (laughs) They all need to be set down. They all need SOPs. They all need those things. Um, and my CFO at the time was also basically a GM and a CMO. until we built it out to a full C-suite, but that, that came by way of relationship. Everything I've done is by way of relationship. That's something that if you're going to build a business, uh, definitely relationship core values and how you want your your legacy to be built matters. Uh, don't just go off indeed and hire whoever shows up. But by taking things that I don't have a passion for, I have zero passion for spreadsheets. I don't care about numbers. I have passion for people. And if given the ability to control that, I make bad decisions like, oh, you've been great this year. Your uh bonus for the year is I'm gonna pay for your son's college. Can't do that. That's illegal. Get my get my wrist slapped real quick. But I don't know that. Right. So I would say that was the biggest thing for me was as quickly as possible, letting somebody that I can trust um, to an extent handle the finances for the business, keep me accountable on the decisions that I'm making for the business, whether it is vision uh, implementation subscriptions for different services, all those things matter. And as a visionary, as a CEO, business owner, you can get so distracted with the the new shiny things that you can rob your business and hemorrhage it out by not making sense of the money you're spending. Love it.
2: Eli. Um, I, I too do not share a passion for spreadsheets. Um, I love looking at them and using the data in them, but I don't like making them or organizing them or doing Excel formulas. Anyone know what a nested if formula is in Excel? I see some heads nodding. Yeah, they're, they're like my nemesis. Um, but they're great if you want to get good data. But my point is, 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 is my, this hire, it was actually one of my most recent hires was, you know, I, had, I had the finances taken care of, the operations taken care of, and I, I was still doing spreadsheet stuff because I was obsessed with seeing the data in a way that I wanted to see the data. So I spent my time, a good amount of time, choosing the right candidate for this. Um, and this woman did not know Excel very well, just very, very basic Excel Excel knowledge. And But she's tenacious, she's incredibly detail-oriented, and she's she's determined. And when she sets her mind to something, she does it. And so I brought her on and she has taken it upon herself, not even part of the job requirement, she's taken it upon herself to become an Excel ninja. And now she does these pivot tables and these charts, and she's giving me any data I want. And I'm like, hey, I, I would like th- these numbers. And can you get them to be by the end of the week? And she'll get them to me in a couple hours, and this was someone who didn't know Excel. So that was that. That hire has been so tremendously valuable to me because now I can big picture what's going on. I can break it down daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and that has changed how I've been able to approach the business because everything I need to
3: see is right in front of me. Dude,
0: I yeah love that. That's great.
3: Um. I've I don't have a story about a specific hire, but it's a system that I put in process. Cosm um, Kazem Aslam, mutual friend of me and Adam. He's a phenomenal father, husband, entrepreneur. Much like Adam, we're talking about Adam as an entrepreneur. If you don't know, he's a badass father, and husband, like very intentional. Um, so, anyways, my friend Kazem Aslam is is the same way, and I took I took his hiring model. So, what he does is. He hires internationally and I'm not talking about like, I'm not talking about Upwork or what is it, Fiverr, not that. I'm talking about going to geo-specific job boards, finding peak performers, and then hiring them full-time. So I took his system um, and I actually printed it out, it's it's way too in-depth for this panel, but if anybody wants it, I'll give it to you. Anyways, but implementing the system has been key because now the main thing about it is there's numerous booby traps and fly traps. Like you gotta be a bad motherfucker to get through it. By the time they get to me in an interview, I know that you are left and right brain and left and right brain thinking and detail oriented. So filtering. Everybody's giving you like giving you their best face. It's like dating, right? The first 30 to 90 days is all good. Then you get in a fight and like, oh shit, you know, this person sucks. We can't do that. You can't just like leave. You can you. Well, you can if they do, you can just walk away. But if if you hire them now, it's a process. I got to talk to you and blah, blah, blah. and I don't like you. And so forget all that. I just filter all that give you a bunch of shit to, to go through. And what happens is the, the latest EA I just hired, I asked him yesterday, like "Hey, my help. What did you like about the hiring process? What did you not like about it? He said, I like the fact that you gave me projects. So I have an idea of what I would do. I said, I said, okay, good. What did you not like about it? He goes, you gave me way too much shit to do. <laughs> good, that's what I want. Cause a lot. There, there's some people who are like, you know what? This is too much shit. I'm not gonna do it. And they're out, perfect. Fuck you, I don't want you anyways. You know what I mean? So that is what's worked for me is filters. I'm done
0: talking. <laughs> Dude, great. Um, that was, yeah. Round of applause. I can see if people want to do it. That's good. Um, for me, the, the best hire I ever made uh, was absolutely uh, the person that will become my wife in May, uh, which is Eve, my fiance as of today. And um, thank you.
2: Today?
0: As of today? Fiancee. Well, today she's okay. a fiance. So I was about to stand up. As of. <laughs> A, yeah, we like
1: propose. A good yeah. This was not
0: the moment. No, you missed, you missed that moment. I'm sorry. It was a good moment. I, uh, I got told off for it. It was great. Um, what, what happened? It was, I'll, I'll share the story. It was about 18 months ago, give or take. And, uh, we run this working vacation cruise. We take people literally make them actually work on their business, not in it, but on it. And we show them how to do it and get them to make big moves in half a day, and the other half of the day, you have to relax and have fun, and that will be hanging out on the beach, drinking Mai Tai's or whatever it is, or, or taking activities. So this particular occasion, uh, me and Eve were on the beach, and she's taking photographs of all the clients and having a great time, and so I get down on my knee behind her, holding this ring that is like a four-carat diamond and you know holding it there, and she glances backwards and sees me on my knee, and she goes, get up, you idiot, and then and goes, wait a minute, <laughs> and then turns back around, and I'm like, I just got told, like, and, uh, and then so yeah, she hugs me for like five minutes and I, I whisper in her ear, you do have to say yes or no, I'm sorry. We're, we're not just going to assume consent in this situation. Um, and so that, that's how that went down. So we get married in May, so I'm super excited. Thank you. But um, the cool part I think is her journey as an employee. Because her first role in my company was actually as a sales assistant. So Eve actually worked through every single department. She worked through assistant sales to sales to head sales to event management to, um, to handling a CFO work or, or a bookkeeping and accounting through to COO, through to vice president, which is where she is now. And what I love about that is in some companies, you know, you'll have somebody who meets somebody gets into a relationship with them, and then says, oh, you can come and run this with me. And they have no real experience. Eve has worked in every department. She's built the website. She's you know used Zapier to connect things. She's worked with API keys. She knows our spreadsheet systems. She knows our file structure. She knows the entire company and worked from the ground up. What I love about that is when new employees come into the company, we share this story. And we're like, look, if you follow every single step, even if you start as an intern, one day I might marry you. Not really. No, but I say say, one day, you know, any role in the company is available essentially if you'll work at it. And and she did it over 10 years. So this wasn't just, it wasn't as gifted. She earned every single position. And without a doubt, um, this company wouldn't be as big or as successful or look as good. Um, you know, everything you see here in this room was done by her. So, well, and the team obviously, but but it was like her concept. So yeah, so that's the best hire I've ever made so um next up let's talk about real takeaway practice things what can people take away from this if they want to go out there and say okay you know i'm inspired i'm going to go and hire somebody just from each of you how can they go about doing this
1: make a list of things that you do on a daily basis weekly basis uh and try to figure out what needs you what doesn't what you can pay That is cheaper than you to do it start making that list and then figure out what you can outsource and what you need to hire on right so for some people for example in a business that's gaining a lot of content social media wise maybe you want to outsource a videographer maybe you want to bring somebody on and you just invest in the equipment and you bring them in and you have constant content and then you're outsourcing an editor and you're outsourcing a podcast developer, what what have you, right? So make that list and then go execute on backfilling those positions. Love it.
2: <clears throat> Assuming that a business owner wants to grow and, and bring in staff or, or, or in contractors or, you know, however their model is set up, um, I, I would say, you know, you, you know, this phrase over uh, under promise over deliver. I, I can't even say it right. I've like removed it from my lexicon. It's really needs to be properly promise, properly deliver. And, okay. and here's why, um, and this goes for hiring, this goes for staff building, you're in competition. You're not just in your business, like what you do, like if you're roofing, et cetera, cryo or whatever. You're also in 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 in, in this new other sales arena called s- staff building, hiring, and, and dealing with human resources and people. Um, so you're in competition, right? So a lot of people get really zealous when they want to start growing. And so those, they just want to promise the moon and the stars to anyone that will come work for them. Be careful because you have to deliver on that or what happens? They go out the door. So I would say properly promise, be able to back up your promises and then properly deliver. Just a, a bit above your promise, okay? Because if you over-promise and you want to over-deliver, now what do you got to do? You got to like really over-deliver and you better hope you have the value on the back end to be able to deliver that, right? Deliver, to, to, to over-deliver on your promises. So be a good place to work. Be a good manager, a good boss by setting the expectations. He mentioned expectations earlier. Set good expectations. Don't overdo it. And then make sure you can deliver and properly deliver on those. And then it becomes a little easier to scale your team because you're not trying to do too much and overextend yourself on the hiring side to where you have less resources on the operations side.
3: That's what I would say.
0: Love it. Great.
3: Um, for me, I think it's optimizing your hiring system to just work with peak performers. And again, I stole my system from Cosm. It's called a Pareto Talent System. Got printouts for you guys. We can drop a link in the show notes for anybody watching, whatever. But by just simply optimizing it to where the only people who get through are just high-level people, and again, for me doing this internationally, it just made everything so much easier. I mean, I'm working with some people. Everybody's smarter than me. I mean, I'm within their given context, they're all smarter than me. Um, but they wouldn't have. I wouldn't have had these people if I just put out a regular job posting and spent a bunch of days interviewing people. Again, by the time you get to me, it's only going to be a few of you and all you're going to be badasses. And then you get to pick from that. And it's a beautiful spot to be in.
0: Love that. That's awesome. Excellent. All right. So um, we've kind of come to the end here. Um, Just uh, in a single sentence, what would you guys each say smart businesses
1: do? So smart businesses do what? I would say smart businesses find a way to leverage what the business owner knows needs and expects without them having to do it themselves and creating the systems and controls to be able to inspect that autonomously without them having to do it daily. Love it. How
2: do I, how, how, how to, how to, how make this succinct. Um, smart businesses understand that every piece of value they add to the equation needs to, needs to be milked to the, to to the utmost. So don't give away all your value. Properly promise, properly deliver. Love
1: it.
3: I think that smart business or smart business owners understand that your staff is a reflection of your leadership. Um, When I I heard Adam talk, I met him last week, and then my first interaction with him was with Danielle, the assistant and his son. That was my first interaction. I was like, holy shit, impressed. His son's eight years old, impressive. Danielle, impressive, what, 26 or something, 27. Okay. Point being is I interacted with them. I'm like, what the heck? And so then that, Danielle and, and your son, obviously reflection of Adam and Eve. So okay, there's something here. So I think that again, um, smart business understand that your staff is a reflection of leadership.
0: Dude, thank you so much, I appreciate that. Guys, random applause for these people. Once again if you'd like to learn more about the working vacation go check out workingvacation.com and for all of us here thank you ever so much once again for tuning in to smart businesses do this. Now if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business then the absolute best place to start is with my smart blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.